Romans 4, 1 through 12. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well, and to make him the father of the circumcised, who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so Will, I just read the word circumcised (laughs) a lot. Sure did. (laughs) Um, so, so you guys have been, have, have been rolling on some, our daily rhythm and I'm kind of parachuting in here in chapter four. Why don't you give us a little context that kind of brings us up to speed a little bit on where we find ourselves here in chapter four, talking about Abraham. Yeah. So Romans, it, it kind of starts out in the typical Pauline fashion. You know, you have the greeting, um, a little bit of backstory of, you know, Paul talking about his, hopes and dreams and ambitions as a missionary. Then you have this uh, Romans one sixteen, which is kind of like a yep. famous inspirational. Not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And then uh, following talking about not being ashamed of the gospel, Paul tells us about God giving all these people over to, right, to their sin. rampant wickedness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he kind of just like plunges us into the deep end. Mm. And basically chapters one through three from that point on, mm is convincing the reader that everybody, Jew and Gentile, is utterly condemnable condemnable before God and that no one is righteous and that the law Hmm. um, not not only does it condemn the law list of chapter one, but even more so it condemns the law full, the Mm. teachers of the law who are hypocrites. Right. And so, you know, it kind of, he starts with like the easy target to like this Jewish Christian audience of, you know, like the the people who are doing orgies and like, et cetera. Mm. And, and then goes on to the like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so then, at the end of chapter three, though, like this is not just hellfire and brimstone. It's actually he's setting the stage hmm. for the gospel of grace right. to just shatter the darkness that yeah. he's that he's casting. And hmm. and that's what begins to happen 
in chapter three, um, you have this long section, verse nine through 20 of chapter three, that's how no one is righteous is the, is the header in my mm. Bible there. Well, following that, um, he, he introduces the gift of Jesus Christ and mm. the concept of faith. And so, and how basically by the law we're condemned, but by the law of faith in Jesus Christ, um, mm. we are we are freed, we're justified. And so that is how we end up in this uh, idea of Abraham's faith in chapter four. Right. And and so we come to Abraham and not only is this kind of a, a test case of how the the gospel works itself out with faith and not works, but Abraham is a monumental figure in the Bible. Yeah. And I oftentimes say that aside from Jesus, Abraham's probably the most famous figure in the Bible. Oh, yeah. And the reason being that way back in Genesis chapter 12, he is given this promise that says that through his offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And of course, we we have the New Testament, and so we interpret that. As uh, as Jesus is the one who brings that blessing to all the nations, totally. and it's everyone who bows the knee to Jesus, surrenders their life to Jesus, is the one who receives this yeah. blessing of Abraham. Yeah. And so Moses is one that kind of has like a start date and an end date, you know, the Mosaic Law. Uh-huh. But Abraham is one that continues from Genesis twelve that promise and goes all the way through until Jesus will return one day. Yeah. And so he's a he's a very monumental figure and it and it gets down into this the details of of this interesting situation with Abraham related to when he believed and it was counted to him as righteousness mm-hmm. and then when he was circumcised. Yeah. And so talk to us just a little bit about that circumcision, what that means in yeah. terms of of Israel and being part of the people of God and then we'll come back to the uh you know, him believing and it being counted as righteous. Yeah. Well, so basically circumcision, you know, that's the sign that God gives Abraham of this promise. And as you said, the promises through this promised offspring that God was going to bless the world and, and renew all things. And so the, the reproduction and and offspring idea was like a central theme of this covenant Hmm. with Abraham. And so, I don't have to draw out the picture too much, but <laughs> circumcision's a pretty reproductive. You know, we're connecting symbol. the dots here, Will. Yeah, yeah. So we're I'll good. Just leave it there. We're good. Um, but what Paul's doing here is, you know, it's it's a really big deal because basically what had been this symbol of the promise uh, was basically equated with being in the people of God. It was equated with salvation. Hmm. And so Paul is is prying apart that long-held um, Jewish belief here mm. that salvation equals right standing with God. Mm. Or, or sorry, that um that circumcision equals right standing with right. God. Right. Yeah. And and Israel had kind of turned circumcision into that because it was yeah. the sign that you were part of the uh-huh. the covenant people of God. However, I mean, if you read in the Old Testament, there's certain sections that point to the fact that it was not the it was not the circumcision itself, but God was always after their hearts. Yeah. And when their hearts turned away, 
it doesn't matter that they were circumcised. God still, you know, for example, at the end of second Kings chapter 24, like God still sends them into exile. You know, yeah, the nation of Babylon yeah. comes in and destroys the temple, destroys the city of Jerusalem and takes the people of Israel away. They're all circumcised at that point, but yeah. they're being cast out. As it says in second uh, Kings 24, 20, it says that God cast them out of his presence. Mm -hmm. He's still casting them out of his presence, yeah. even though they're circumcised in, in Deuteronomy 30, which is, you know, part of the Pentateuch. That's not, this isn't like a late coming scripture, but in Deuteronomy 30, uh, Moses says to, you know, circumcise the Lord, your God will circumcise your heart. And so that's right. We have from the beginning, like this is not a physical thing. It is, it, or it is a physical thing, but it's pointing to a spiritual reality. Right. That's exactly right. And, um, so it, so it's interesting, this passage, it gets down into the details of the timing of mm -hmm. Abraham's circumcision. Yeah. And this is not something that we regularly think about as Christians. Number one, you know, we we don't have a religious reasons to practice circumcision. Yeah. Um, and it's also kind of a, a weird thing to talk about, I guess, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And so we do, this is not a normal thing that you talk about. However, it is it is an integral part of the the overall biblical narrative mm -hmm. that is is pretty significant. So the timeline basically is that God gives Abraham the promise in Genesis 12 that he that through him and through his offspring uh, will God will bless all the nations of the earth. Yeah. Then Abraham, uh, God kind of reiterates that in Genesis 15. And then Abraham believes God and it's counted to him as righteousness. Yeah. So, so by faith, a Abraham is counted as righteous mm -hmm. by God. So there's a holy God. Abraham is sinful man just like you and i are yeah and um but because he believed god he believed the promises of god it said that god counted him as righteous and yeah. and i mean essentially that is exactly what's happening with us through jesus mm -hmm. is we believe in jesus we believe in the work that jesus has done and we surrender our life to jesus and through that god is counting us as righteous absolutely now that happens in the narrative before abraham is circumcised which is kind of interesting because think about it if it was the other way around. Think about it if Abraham was circumcised first and then he believes God and it was counted to him as righteous, it it would it would the narrative would be set up to where everyone who believes in God would seemingly need to be circumcised in order to be part of the covenant family of God. Yeah. But it happens the other way around where he's where he believes in God, it's counted to him as righteous. He's kind of the father of all these nations who mm -hmm. are going to be blessed. And then he's circumcised and he's made the father of Isaac, who's made the father of Jacob that we just uh, recently heard a sermon on. And then Jacob is the father of the 12, what yeah. becomes the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. And so he is, he's the father of all nations before he is the father of Israel. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, just bringing it down on a really simple plane, like why is circus, like, why do we talk about this in past tense? It's because the promised one has come. Right. You know, and, and I think that that is what Paul is building the case for here is Abraham's circumcision was not ultimate. That was pointing to Christ and Christ has come. So that sign right. of this promised offspring, you know, it, it's no longer this like long awaited thing. And now 
that faith that Abraham exhibited, that is still the ultimate right. justifying means of Abraham and of anybody else and the people of God. Right. And I mean, something that I was going to, I was going to point out, and I'll just point it out briefly here, but in Acts chapter 15, this is precisely the issue that they're dealing with. Uh-huh. The early church has started, you know, Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost and preaches and 3000 come to faith and they start planting all these churches and so all these churches are being planted, and then it comes to the point where um, all these guys like James and Peter and Paul and Barnabas and all these guys are getting around, and they're trying to work all this stuff out. Mm-hmm. And the big question in Acts 15 is, are those who profess faith, like Gentiles, when they profess faith in Jesus, do they have to be circumcised? Yeah. And so that's what they're dealing with. And of course, you know, the answer that they come out with is no, they do not have yeah, to be circumcised. Yeah. It's not about being circumcised in your foreskin. It's actually about being circumcised in your heart. Mm-hmm. So a heart circumcision is what God was always after and is always after right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm reminded uh, just as we kind of close and reflect on this, I'm reminded of Hebrews 11, you know, this famous passage on on faith mm-hmm. and it speaks a lot to Abraham's faith. And so it's a great place to dive deeper into this, but um, it, it gives a great, really clear definition of what is faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. So Abraham was not justified by actions. You know, if that was the determining factor for him, he would have failed the test. You know, we, right. if you read the scriptures, like Abraham fails repeatedly yeah. and, and he's not like a, a hero in, in his actions, but he, he left, he responded to the call of God and went out to a place living in tents because as Hebrews 11 says, he was looking forward to an eternal home yeah. that whose architect was the Lord. And, and that is the same calling that we are called into now is that conviction and assurance of things we do not yet see. Hmm. No, that's great. That's great. Well, we are going to continue on in Romans four. And so there is more to come for Will Carlisle. I'm Barrett Fisher. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.